We're considering today another in our series, Discover the Secret of Life. It seems that there are so many secrets. Why can't they all be revealed, we might wonder. But a secret is simply an inner meaning. It's an insight. You know the secret. And as we say, you have the hang of it. You can experience it. Today we're going to deal with an aspect of our study of truth that is so vitally important. The theme is living in a prodigal universe. Right off the word prodigal is a problem for many of us. Because it has so many meanings. You may remember the parable of the prodigal son. This prodigal demonstration was connoted wastefulness, reckless, extravagant, intemperate. That's not what we have in mind today. That's what makes the English language so difficult for people coming to, to the language for the first time. Those of us who speak English perhaps can't understand how difficult it is. When you come from a language where a word means what it means, we have many meanings for the same words. At least in some languages, like the Chinese, the, the words vary their meaning according to the tone of voice. In English, it isn't so. You can say prodigal, any level of voice, any level of intensity, it still means many different things. So the word prodigal also means lavish, generous, abundant, profuse, bounteous, limitless, boundless, affluent, luxuriant, inexhaustible, and so on. Almost antithetical to the prodigal application as was in the parable of the prodigal son. So just to ease your mind, we're not talking about wastefulness and extravagance. We're talking about abundance, affluence, the lavish, generous, profuse manifestation of the universe as it's in support of us. So in our quest for the secret of life, we discover that abundance is the law of nature. Nature is lavish, extravagant, and beautiful. And an even more exciting insight, there is a legitimate royal abundance for every living person. Because you are, we say, a child of God, you might say in terms of the universe, that you are an outforming, an unfoldment of the universe. You are the universe expressing itself as you. Affluence means free flow, centered in the universal flow. We experience an inner direction, creative activity, which is always potentially our support. There's a great deal in the study of truth, the wide approach to metaphysics, on the teaching of prosperity. Unfortunately, much of this has been based upon whetting the acquisitive instinct. Emphasis is on cars and houses and baubles of all kinds. But the word free flow means the flow of the universal substance. 
Jesus says, seek first the kingdom and its righteousness and all these things should be added. The things come too. And we get ourselves in tune with the creative flow. Unfortunately, the way the message of truth is often expressed, other than the truth of teaching of prosperity, it implies seek first to get the flow, to get the things, get the dollars and cents, and you will ultimately develop the awareness of the kingdom. So things reversed. So one of the great problems of our time, which is not really resolved if we approach truth in that way, is what I call the affluenza. Great loss and confusion of values and priorities. It could be said that if one is bound only in manifesting dollars and cents, you ultimately experience dollars without sense. And that's sad. So I'm in complete disagreement with emphasis on money and things as the object of the study and practice of truth. I agree with John Ruskin. What right have you to take the word wealth, which originally meant well-being, degrade it and narrow it by confining it to certain sorts of material objects measured by money? As many of you know, your contact with truth through reading, through lectures, and so forth. The word prosperity is often corrupted to imply gold dust falling from the skies. The word millionaire is often used and overworked to appeal to the acquisitive instinct. Often dollar signs adorn truth books to suggest that the amassing of wealth is a kind of spiritual growth. I call this a gross materialization of a beautiful spiritual truth. It's true that there's a real abundance for every person. It's true that prosperity is the divine right of every person. We're going to be very sure we don't lose our way in the process of achieving it. There's a great secret. You live in a prodigal universe of limitless substance. What does that mean? The word substance gives us trouble. Because we think of substance as things you can put your hands on, you can feel and touch. That isn't what substance really is. Substance is non-material. We want to try to get grasp the idea of this basic, underlying, non-material essence, which is at the root of life. Most of us have been conditioned by the old tradition of God up there. When we pray for prosperity, we unconsciously are begging for handouts from heaven. And we catch the idea that we live and move and have our being in allness, in the basic substance of life. Suddenly there's nowhere to go for abundance. There's nowhere to go to get substance. It is. Here's a little riddle that you might ponder. What is it that the fish can never find? No matter how he searches throughout all the waters of the earth, what can he never find? Water. He can never find water because he's in it. He's not aware that he's in it. It's his milieu. What is it that you and I can never find? God. You can never find God. So many of the religious approaches 
deal with trying to find God, reach God, reach for God, get God's help. But you can't find God because like the fish in the water, you live in the milieu of God. If you're looking for it, you're looking in the wrong direction because it's that way in which we live and move and have our being. We realize our good. We come to know that it's not reaching up to God. It's not trying to get something out of God. It's not trying to get God to do something. To appeal with God, to supplicate God for divine help. It's to wake up to our true being in God. Wake up to what we really are. Let's think a little bit about the universe. With a marvelous space probe such as this week's Voyager sent off on a two-year trip to planet Jupiter, it's not too much for us to imagine reaching out beyond the Earth's atmosphere to the moon, to the planets, the sun, to stars and galaxies of stars, out into the far reaches of the universe, even to other universes. And there's a microcosmic universe within. The cells, the molecules, the atoms, subatomic particles, within particles, within particles to a basic universal substance of which all things are formed. And realize that all through the microcosm and the macrocosm, there's no lack. Only in everywhere present abundance. Abundance is the natural state of things in the universe. And you're the progeny of the universe. Abundance is the natural state of things in your life. This basic substance is present in its entirety at every point in space at the same time. Say that again. This basic substance is present in its entirety, in its entirety, at every point in space at the same time. God doesn't capriciously move his substance from his storehouse up there to your need down here. And does God answer prayer in some kind of coming forth? I reach out to God and he comes forth and reveals himself to me. God doesn't come forth because God is never absent. God is always totally present. You may be praying for healing, but the whole of God's life is present as a healing presence. It's not something that God does for you. It's that which God is in you. Always. All the time. Not just when we're telling him that's what he's supposed to be. If you know this, then you come to know and really know what spiritual healing is all about. You may be praying for increased supply, for prosperity, for success in your work. But the whole of God's substance is present as a prosperity presence. If you know this, then you're on the way to achieving prosperity in your life. But you must really know it. Know it. So a great key to the prodigal universe is that the whole of God's substance is present in its entirety at every point in space at the same time. Not just some of it. All the substance in the universe present at any point of human need. So in order to understand this, we have to let go of the idea of quantity. Most of us think in terms of quantity and the figures on our paycheck, the money we have in the bank, the things we have around, we think of them as heaped up piles of things which are our possessions. Sometimes, like the sad situation in San Francisco where some of the people left their homes and were not able to go back, 
They thought of all the things that they'd left that they couldn't get along with that, but they would have to get along with that. Because we tend to relate our life in terms of its achievements and what we've amassed. Piles and piles of substance. To understand substance, we want to think in terms of principle. And one of the ways we can do this, a very poor illustration, is gravity. How much gravity does it require to enable you to jump up and down in place? Does gravity expend any of its energy in holding you to the Earth? Think of it in a large sense. Suppose four million people in the world, four billion people, we all jump up and down together. I think gravity, if it could be considered as anthropomorphically, would say, ouch. You're expecting too much of me. I'm going to hold you all down. What's enough gravity? You get the point? Gravity is a principle. Always working. I'm not active. I'm not present. Never depleted. No matter how much gravity is used in the sense of lifting something up or putting something down or airplanes that fly and ships that sail on the ocean, all are using gravity in some way or working within the field of gravity. But there's no strain, no drain, no exhaustion. It may be hard for us to think of this thing called substance in that sense. But if we once grasp this insight of substance and get the, what I call the aha, light realization. We never have a problem with it again. Remember that you're a creature of consciousness. We're told as a man thinketh in himself, so is he. According to the image that you have of yourself, your feelings of unworthiness or worthiness, your sense of limitation or limitlessness, by thought you lay hold of basic substance, or your faith and creativity you shape substance into a process that leads to money and things and jobs and creative activities. So we need to get the thought of limitlessness. It's a tremendous word, limitless. Limitless. That great character, Mike Todd, once said, many times I've been broke, but I've never been poor. That's an awareness of limitless substance under which your life is supported. Herbert Spencer says, you are ever in the presence of infinite and eternal energy from which all things proceed. You are ever in the presence of infinite and eternal energy from which all things proceed. You may experience less, but you can never be less than the dynamic center in an opulent universe. Emerson says, you're an inlet, you may become an outlet to all there is in God. Your thoughts may have been far beneath, beneath that realization. You may have been thinking of lack. You may have been thinking, as some of you were last week, chaos in your investments, job layoffs. Turn the focus of your mind to the universal all-sufficiency present in every seeming insufficiency. This is the key to achieving prosperity. When you're centered in the awareness of the free flow of substance within, Faith is quickened. And Paul says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 
Faith is quickened, giving rise to creative ideas, unfoldment of work opportunities, manifesting in very real sense in an outer way, but coming forth from an outward manifestation of a non-material spiritual essence, substance. When you feel this quickening of the awareness of substance within, you will always feel rich, no matter how the market fluctuates, no matter how your bank account changes. You make wise decisions. Your mind will flourish with wonderful ideas. Your hands will tingle with ingenuity. Opportunities will unfold. Blessings will abound because of the feeling of abundance, the feeling of abundance, which came first. Again, you're living in a prodigal universe in which abundance is the natural state of affairs. A lavish, inexhaustible universe. Wherever one is experiencing less than total abundance in every department of his life, total abundance, you must be blocking the flow or pushing it away. We say so often it's important to take responsibility for your life. Assume responsibility for the conditions that happen. Not that you, you made them happen entirely, but your consciousness in some way participates in the things that happen to you. So wherever you're experiencing less than total abundance, Something in you is blocking the flow, perhaps pushing it away. Quite often we push it away because unconsciously we have a sense of unworthiness. That's why I like to emphasize this word, worthship. It's one of the great needs of every person, to get a sense of worthiness. To give up the feelings of guilt the feelings of unworthiness, the feelings of limitation that hold, hold us apart from this cosmic flow. We can never be outside of substance. Anyway, you can be outside of gravity. But you can recklessly disobey gravity. You can recklessly frustrate, limit the flow of substance. Another thing that happens in so many of us that blocks the flow, someone said, when things get tight, something's got to give. Something you got to give. One of the most important realizations about this flow of substance in our life, leading to prosperity and affluence and achieving prosperity and success, getting a sense of the givingness of life. The little axiom that I use so often is think, give, and you'll get. Think, give. What do you do in your work? You're thinking the money you make, getting success, getting an increase in salary, getting a better job, or you're thinking giving. Every activity, everything that you do, the words that you put on paper, the dresses you design, the products of your labors, you're thinking give. The universe flows into you and through you, through your consciousness. That you really accept it. So as we say so often, the great need is to give way. And you give way through a consciousness of giving. That's one of the ways we block the flow. Now it's uh, some 2,500 years ago. Indicating that there's nothing new in New Thought, because this concept is very basic to the whole New Thought teaching. He said, the human spirit has its source in the divine fountain, which must be permitted to flow freely through him, 
Anyone who flows as life flows has solved the enigma of human existence, needs no other power. Anything is evil that blocks the flow of creative action. Everything is healthy that flows with the universe. What is evil but the frustration of the divine flow? In terms of life, in terms of love, in terms of humanity, in terms of generosity, in terms of helping one's fellows. We frustrate that infinite energy within us. We experience what is called evil or sin. Everything is healthy that flows with the universe. Look out upon nature, the trees in your yard, the flowers, such as these beautiful roses here. Everything is healthy that flows with the universe. Identify with the flowing process that you see in the flowers. It's not actually accurately a related, related word, but I like to relate it anyway. The word flower sounds like the word flow. They're not really related etymologically, but it's, it's interesting. It's a flowing process that flowers as the beautiful blossom that we see before us. Everything is healthy that flows with the universe. So the great need is to get into that flow, that consciousness of this flowing process from within and out. You may say, but when I have a financial problem, it seems perfectly natural to go out and raise the money. Of course, if you have bills to be paid and needs to be met, you do something about it. Move your feet. Do what you can with what you have. Apply yourself a little more in your work or in your effort to find work. Make your needs known to your employer or to other agencies and if you're guided. But the important thing is God can do no more for you than he can do through you. All the help of God cannot aid you except as it flows through your consciousness, your faith, your vision. So before you attempt to go out there and raise money and put pressure on your boss for an increase in salary, you get a bank that will support you with a loan. Before you do any of those things, first of all, raise consciousness. This is the key. This is the, the relationship that you have with the universe. Consciousness. Refocus your mind on that underlying basic substance in which you live. It's not for lack of abundance that you experience want. But for lack of the awareness of ever-present flow of divine substance and the faith to shape it in the manifest form. It's an affirmation you can use. I establish myself in the limitless substance of God, and I have abundance. I establish myself in the limitless substance of God, and I have abundance. These words do not become true because you affirm them. That's one of the great misunderstandings of truth. This idea of affirmations is so easily glossed over. Just say an affirmation, speak a word of truth, and everything will work out right for you. You speak the word enough, it becomes fixed in your subconscious mind and causes things to happen. That's how it becomes true. But words do not become true because you affirm them. An affirmation of truth does not become great reality because you've put in the words. You affirm them because they're true. It's not just a play on words, it's very important. When you speak the word of truth, you're synchronizing your consciousness with the reality of truth, creating a channel through which the mystical flow may do its powerful work through you. 
But even before you affirmed the truth that I am a child of God, I am a progeny of the universe, that was true. You simply weren't aware of it. You lost consciousness of it. You speak the word not to get God into the act, but to become aware, consciously aware, that God's never been out of the act. God is substance in life all the time. And the whole of God's substance is present in its entirety at the point where you are. In the prodigal universe, no one need ever have less in order that you may have more. In business, in the world out there, there's often a mad scramble for the world's plums. There's a tendency to get caught up in competition. It's very subtle, but it becomes a part of our experience often. The struggle of trying to get ahead of the other person and the fear that he will get ahead of you. You should never allow this experience or attitude of competition to remain unchallenged in our nature. Because it will always be the very thing to hold us, hold from, hold us hold from us the thing that we are otherwise trying to demonstrate. In the spiritual realm, there's no competition. There's no need for it. Every person has his own pipeline to the universal good. When you breathe all the air you need, you never deprive anyone else of all the air he's able to breathe. There's always enough and to spare. Substance, all substance, is present in its entirety where you are. If you sense that another is straining to get ahead of you, be sure that you don't lower yourself to his fear, fear vibration. Get the sense that there's no competition in spirit. There's plenty of despair for everyone. Through my pipeline, the infinite, there's an inlet and an outlet to all there is in God, within me. So you might hold the thought for this person that you feel is competing with you or you fear his competition. Say to him, I bless you with the awareness that you are one with your own personal flow of the universe which is a legitimate royal abundance for every living creature. You too are the progeny of the universe. See, we need to get the realization of what I call entitlement. Jesus talks about this when he says, Come, come ye blessed, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. The foundation of the world is the realm of spiritual law in the universe. The kingdom is that within you that is your very own inlet may become an outlet to all there is in God. In other words, claim your inheritance. You're entitled to the support of God's substance in everything that, to which you give your mind and hands. Whatever you're trying to do in your life. You have a project that you're trying to undertake. Something that you're trying to manufacture or creatively manifest. If it's come through your mind, it's a good idea. There's Set forth lovingly the desire to bring about something better in your society. Then you're entitled to full support of the universe. This is entitled to constant support of the lilies of the field. If you're not manifesting it, something in your consciousness is holding it back. Don't let yourself take the easy way out and say, well, it's because the money is tight, because they're not interested in me, because people are against me, because they're jealous. Those are cop-outs. You may be able to justify them in human consciousness, not in terms of divine 
So it could be said, and we need to say it, the universe owes you a living. The universe owes you a living. I didn't say the world owes you a living. It's an entirely different matter. As a matter of fact, the world owes you nothing. That deflates your bubble, doesn't it? The world doesn't owe you a single thing. Not one red cent. But the universe owes you a living. We're talking about the support and the fundamental principle of substance. You live in it, you move in it, you have your being in it. And as far as you're concerned, at the point where you are, the universe has nothing to do but to work to support you. But you get that, get that in your consciousness. We, we so long have confused this matter of the world owes you a living and the universe owes you a living. The world doesn't owe you anything. You're a creative expression of the universe with the responsibility to let your light shine, to justify your life by giving expression to these creative possibilities within you. In the expression, you will obviously create success experiences in life and prosperity only because you're fulfilling the divine flow within through you, which must come first. In all the many ways in which you apply yourself in the world, the universe owes you complete support. In your meditation times, get the idea that you're settled in a stream of spiritual consciousness, surrounded and enfolded with substance which is limitless. You move in it, you breathe it, you live it into expression. It's your constant support. Get the idea that, as Plotinus says, that the universe rushes and streams and pours into you from all sides. Or you sit quiet. And sit quiet in the, in the meditation time. Then there comes a time to remember that the world owes you a, the world. You are the world of life. Get up and move your feet. Get involved. Give. Serve. Create. From within out. And as long as you do, lovingly, in good and faith, you become a channel for the flow of this universal substance. It's like a water faucet. As long as the water is flowing, you're drawing water out of the faucet, taking a cup full after cup full, a cup full after water, the flow is inexhaustible. But if you turn off the tap, the flow ceases. It's still there, but we have to do something about it. You have to get involved, to give, to serve, to express. So it could be said that one of the big problems in life is that there are takers and there are givers. I feel that we always need to analyze ourselves, to admit to ourselves sometimes that we've been a taker. The emphasis of life has been on what I can get from the world, get from people. We have to become givers. And don't let this influence of, inference of uh, what is often called the commercial of the church to assume that I'm suddenly talking about giving money. Nothing would ever do with it. Obviously, a church is involved in spiritual things and needs support to make it, tough, make it work. That's what we're talking about. 
That may be a channel through which your givingness expresses. We're talking about becoming a giver in consciousness. Turn your life inside out. Think in terms not of how much you've given that hasn't been appreciated. Like a mother who says to a son who goes up to be a teenager and is always demanding and expressing desires for this and that and the other. Mother will quite often say or feel, after all that I've given to you, what thanks do I get? And you know, even though our heart may go out to that woman or that person, maybe a man or woman, wherever, the principle is, if you can say at the end, after all I've given to you and you get no thanks, you've never really given. You've been bartering. You've been preparing for your future, your social security. The day will come and my family will take care of me after all I've done for them. That's not giving. It may be hard for us to face that, but we have to dig deep within ourselves, see our motives, attitudes, become a giver. Forget about what people say or think. Forget about whether they appreciate it or not. All that's a part of human consciousness. Think give. Think give. If you get into a giving consciousness, you give way to the universal flow. And substance, which is non-material, which comes forth in you and is, is harnessed, mobilized by consciousness, by faith, by creativity, manifests in terms of ideas, ways, jobs, substance, all these other things, other things that they're added on to when you seek first the kingdom. Become a giver. Think give. There's a great deal of confusion today in our social welfare system from the democratic ideal that the world owes everyone an opportunity for secure living. How easily this gives rise to the welfare state of universal dependency on the government. Now certainly, out of love and compassion, civilized society may want to ensure that every person has a subsistency, which is good. Much as you don't want to hear this, no one should be entitled to support. I'm not saying this from a political point of view from a spiritual point of view. Every person is an individualized expression of the creative process, no matter how circumstances have obscured the reality. So the great need is the need that's being unfulfilled today, by and large. The great need is to help the person to know this for himself. He's an individualized expression that within him is an inlet that may become an outlet to all there is in God. To claim his own entitlement from within. You see, that's not much help if he's without a place to live and without money in his pocket. But you have to begin with the principle. When the person in poverty begins to know, really know that he's a center within a prodigal universe, he's a progeny of the whole universal system, and in ways of personal motivation, ingenuity and guidance, the unfoldment of opportunities, the whole universe will suddenly and progressively be rushing, streaming, pouring into him from all sides. 
obviously this can't be oversimplified and we don't have time to go into it to to a great extent now, but it's a very important realization. That basically one of the problems in our society has been that while man is a spiritual being, and the knowledge of his spirituality and his relationship with the universe must come through what is called religious training. Almost totally overlooked this idea of teaching a person that he's a child of God, the progeny of the universe. He has the whole universe within him to support him. His great need in life should not be to look outward for help, look inward for the motivation, the ideas, the love, the comfort and sustaining power. We then enable him in good consciousness to go out into the world and become receptive to the kind of things that make for our prosperity. It may be difficult to see this in terms of the homeless and poor. The important thing is to start where you are, in terms of your children, in terms of yourself. You have the realization that you owe the world a life. All of your life, you should be trying to find ways in which you can as one writer puts it, give yourself away. To give way to this divine process within you. Like a person who has an idea. It's an idea for a product or an idea for an article or an idea for a poem or whatever, an idea for a song. He tries to get support from someone out there to help put it into practice. Death, deathly afraid that someone will steal his idea. Refusing to do any more about it until he's given recognition for the idea. He frustrates his whole creativity. The artists, the poets, the creative people, even the business people. I was thinking in terms of the fact that, first of all, they must pay me for what I have. Is one who will never really achieve his potential. Like the ball player saying, I want to play baseball. As soon as they put me on the team and give me a contract, then I'll begin to show them what I can do and I'll begin to practice and develop my skills. It doesn't work that way. When you get a sense of living in the prodigal universe, you awaken a sense of fiscal responsibility for wisdom and good judgment about incurring indebtedness. Debt is one of the great problems that many people have. The consciousness of debt comes basically because the person is unaware that he has the universe as his support. Some of us find out the hard way that a prosperity consciousness is not achieved on a road that's paved with plastic. Some persons think they're stepping out on faith when they're simply stepping out on Macy's or American Express. <laughs> so it's important to realize not that one should not charge or incur debts, but himself, keep himself open in consciousness to the flow of substance 
and the flow of wisdom and good judgment. One who's in tune with the divine flow, really in tune with the divine flow, would never overstep or overspend, overobligate himself. Whenever a person gets into financial difficulty in this way, this person has been frustrating the divine flow. He needs to do something about it. It's not just how you spend your money, but how you think about spending money. It's important to erase the image of the hourglass running out. The subconscious thought that a person often has when he's writing a check, this will make me poor. When he spends money, I have less than I had. He's thinking in terms of money being depleted. The important thing to get the realization in, in, in truth, you're in tune with a limitless flow, which you are to administer in good judgment and faith and creativity. You may have a pressing need for prosperity. The starting insight is you don't have to get more substance. Get away from the idea of piles and piles and piles of substance. It's like Jesus feeding the 5,000. You would assume, and many, many people look carefully at the story in the Bible, there must be a place somewhere where they describe the demonstration of all this supply. As I've said often, can you imagine how big the piles must be if you're going to have enough bread and fish to feed 5,000 people? All that bread in the piles and all that fish putrefying in the sun. It doesn't say that at all. There's nothing about the demonstration of piles of substance. It says he lifted up his eyes and gave thanks. Tune in on the, the flow of substance, which manifests in a natural, orderly way. That's the way it works for us. Not that it comes out of nowhere, out of nothing. But it comes through a natural, orderly expression of ideas and creativity flowing through your consciousness and through your hands. It's important that we get the sense the demonstration of supply in your life doesn't come through magic demonstrations. Many people get involved in fantasies of winning the lottery, we love to hear stories like the person who picked up a Brinks bag that had fallen out of a Brinks truck, put a million dollars in small denomination bonds, bills. We love those things. How often we entertain that sort of false hope? Life is consciousness. When you're centered in the limitlessness of universal substance, things will happen. Investments will show profit. Salaries will increase, pregnant ideas will pop into your mind, doors of opportunity will open as a natural, orderly expression of the substance within you as you give way to it. Remember, if there's a need, something is blocking the flow. Take responsibility for it. Get centered in consciousness of the presence that is present as limitless substance. Prosperity is a way of life that requires practice of spiritual principles. Sending your consciousness in the universal flow. Identifying yourself as a progeny of the universe. Fully entitled to full support 
for the work of your mind and the work of your hands. He calls for living and working and thinking and believing that the whole practical universe of creativity and substance are present in every project of your mind and hands. Living consciously in the practical universe. When something comes to you, it's so important, even if it's just the regular flow of substance through dividends or through a paycheck or through a retirement fund, take this check or this amount of substance. Get yourself consciously in tune by saying something like, I give thanks to God or to the prodigal universe for the flow of this substance. I intend to keep myself consciously attuned to this flow as I put this substance into manifestation. I give thanks for the good that has come through human channels. I keep myself aware of the fact the real source is in the prodigal universe. Live consciously in the prodigal universe. Let's take a few moments to get still. Remember, you live in substance like the fish lives in water. It's your milieu. You live in it, you move in it, you have being in it. You can never be outside of it. There's never any less substance in your life than at the time of greatest affluence. Only a less conscious of faith. Open yourself in faith and receptivity and love and the spirit of service to the flow of substance in your life. Become alive and living in the prodigal universe. Give thanks that the universe will never let you down. There's always support for you. If you take time to accept it, to listen, to experience. May you go forth in this consciousness. May you remind yourself many times over, no matter how involved you get in the limitations of things out there, you're living in substance which is limitless. The prodigal universe. Lavish, generous, abundant, profuse, bounteous, limitless, inexhaustible, affluent, luxuriant. And it's beautiful. So be it.